Okay, with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, on this fine Thursday. How are we, Craig? Uh, we are fine, Julia. How are they? Oh. Meeting you and Josh. We are good. We're buzzing this morning. A little bit of a mishap. Josh almost sat in my seat. We're we're past it, uh, and we're getting through. We were just talking about Ilya Samson. Josh, the- Josh, i got to warn you. I nearly <laughs> sat in Julia's seat one time. Boy, I'll tell you what. She, she turned her head and gave me a little bit of a look that said, don't even think about it. Well, I wondered if producer Steph was on the temperature controls because it got really cold in here really, really quickly. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Really oh, yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah. I, I know it. I've been there, Josh. I've been there. I, I mean, and then, and then the beautiful thing about Julia, and there's many beautiful things about Julia, but then she just kind of gives that little laugh, like, ah, like, you know, but like, you know. And there's yeah, some, there's something devious behind that laugh. I felt it. Yeah, I haven't brought up that you ditched me last Friday, Craig, but we're, we're getting through that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get you last Friday. There's the weather. I mean, all that snow. How was your trip home? Was the food warm when you got home? Yeah, it, it was. It was a tough drive. Okay, we have to talk about I the know. Leafs now. I'm just bothering you, Craig. <laughs> Craig and I were supposed to do okay. CHL last Friday. Had to get to Vegas. It was a whole thing. Uh, yeah, I had to get out of Toronto. I had to get out of Toronto. You did. So I, I missed it. And I missed, a, obviously, uh, a great performance. Uh, by Bedard, and you know that, that that's what it's all about. Watching the next generation of stars. Yeah, he was awesome. He did not disappoint in that game. But when we brought you in, we were talking about Samsonov and his performance in Jersey uh, on Tuesday night. And I saw you talking on SportsCenter that you have confidence that he could potentially be the guy if if tapped to be that in the postseason. What have you thought of his performance so far, and, and what gives you that confidence that he could potentially be the guy? Yeah, I, I, I think he's been terrific. And, you, you know, being that guy means, you know, depending on what the circumstance is. And I think this year he has shown a, a real ability, uh, regardless of what the circumstance is, and, 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 and him being asked to jump into the net, that he, that he gets in there and does it well. Whether it be after an early season injury to Matt Murray, whether it be during a stretch when he knows that he's got to carry the, the, uh, the bulk of the work. And so I think that, you know, all those, all those different, uh, you know, elements and, and, and those different uh, examples, to me, you know, I'm sure that he builds confidence in himself. But, like, you're also, as a goaltender, you're also trying to instill confidence in the group around you. And I, 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 when you watch him play and you, 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 you see a, play, a, a goaltender that, that, that has a real uh, solid comportment, a real economy of effort, he reads the play exceptionally well, you know, I, I was listening to Josh just talk about, you know, his athleticism and, and, and the way he, he, he can move in and around the net. And, you know, so, you know, we, we saw back in 2017 that Matt Murray didn't make it up through the warm-up in game one of the playoffs. And Mark andre Fleury stepped in there and, 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 and did what he needed to do. Matt came back in the series versus Ottawa and, you know, was was really solid in getting the, the, uh, the cup to, uh, to, to Pittsburgh. But I think that Ilya, whether he starts game one of the playoffs or he doesn't, I think that he's shown that he can be a very dependable and reliable goaltender. And I think given uh, the, the uncertainty surrounding Matt Murray and, and his record, I, I went all the way back to 2017, he didn't make it out of the warm-up in game one of the playoffs. I, and I said this, and this isn't, this isn't a, it, it, it's a fact. I, I think if you go into the playoffs – Thinking that Matt Murray's going to be your guy for the for the entirety of the playoffs, there's no indication that he can do that. So having Ilya Samsonov, I think, is tremendous. And, and personally, he'd be my starting goalie on Game One of the playoffs. 
One thing that's kind of lost with the goaltender debate um, is the fact that Samsonov is RFA at the end of the season. The Leafs control his rights. Have you seen enough from him, Craig, this season to suggest that, that the Leafs should kind of ink him to a long-term deal? Well, you know, it's interesting now where we get to this, Josh, and, and we're talking about long-term deals uh, for goaltenders. You know, and, 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 and we see, you, you know, we see some, some shifts in, in goaltending performance year to year with goaltenders. You know, what, what I would say about Ilya, I, like, you know, teams go into it and, and, and have confidence in signing goaltenders, you know, for a little bit longer. But I'll use Jacob Markstrom as an example. Second team all-star last year, runner-up in the Vesna. This year, I mean, he's been subpar. Now, I mean, when you're trying to get a goaltender and you're trying to understand what you need in, in, the, in that goaltending position, you know, sometimes, you know, the term of the contract, you know, kind of becomes, you know, self-evident. If you want the goaltender, this is what you're going to have to do to get him. And so, term. But, you know, with, with the play of Joe Wall and, and, and understanding where he's at and, you know, looking at where, where Ilya Samsonov is, you, you know, would he take a three-year deal? I'm not, you know, I'm changing my thinking on giving goaltenders five-year deals and six-year deals because I think that the, the vagaries of the position, the, the, the ups and downs, it, it's not about the goaltender per se. It's about that they change. Uh, you, you know, teams are adjusting to, to, to the style of the goaltender in, in terms of how they attack them. So, you know, understanding that, you know, that, that some of the goaltenders on long-term contracts, you know, certainly uh you know become a necessity when you're when you're trying to pursue one but you know if you if you could get your samson off on a three-year deal which would which would get you a couple of ufa years you know i i would be happy with that well to your can point you do it? i don't know i don't know if you can or you can't i mean that's where the negotiations come in but you know i would be i would be uh you know you got to look at what the market is you got to look at what's available not just within your organization but outside and then go from there but that, that's where my thinking's taking me now, Josh, is that I'm not so sure about the long-term contracts on, uh, on, uh, on the goaltenders. It, it's kind of the same as I feel about pitchers in baseball. Well, it, it definitely does seem like that's the way that the Leafs are, are trending, right? They, they probably had some kind of conversation with Jack Campbell, and they would have known what Jack Campbell wanted, and they, they kind of essentially walked away from the, the prospect of signing him long-term. And, you know, they went, went into this season with two goalies signed for, you know, three years combined. And I guess to your point, like, there's supposed to be 32 starting goalies around the league. How many starting goalies right now, around the league would you actually want on your team on a five plus year deal like is five are there six yeah maybe like that so it feels like the Leafs are, are trending that way and again like to your point like what are we talking about Hellebuck Vasilevsky Sorokin like Ottinger how many really are there yeah Shesterkin I'd put sure. in that yeah. category yes. right and, and 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 it's single digits Josh it, it is single digits there's no question about it so you know, Ken Holland many years ago said to me, and I remember having we had this discussion about goaltending. He said, every year, he goes, we know who the top five goaltenders, five, six goaltenders are in the league every year. He goes, now, one of those goaltenders might fall out and, and not have as good a year, but we still know that he's a top five or six goaltender, and somebody might slip in there. But it doesn't mean that the guy that slipped in is a top five or six goaltender. It doesn't mean that the guy that slipped out for a season isn't that guy. And I, I think that that's to your point. It's single digits, and, and, and the confidence you have in, in with respect to goaltenders 
you know, on the long-term contracts, there aren't that many that you, you know, instill that full confidence uh, to, to warrant a, a long-term contract. That doesn't mean they don't get it. It just means that, like, what's your confidence level giving it to them? Yeah, with Craig Button right now, our TSN hockey analyst. Okay, what's your thoughts on this, Craig? I'm going to try to sell you on something crazy right now that I was totally out on. And then we had Kevin Woodley on our show yesterday, and he did such an excellent job of describing a tandem in the postseason to me that he kind of he kind of sold it to me. And his his basis kind of of the argument was going in with a plan is a really good idea as to who's going to start what what night uh, if you're doing kind of a direct split situation in the postseason he said he saw it it happened once in the AHL they did a goalie tandem in the postseason and they actually won and he was dying to see it in the NHL and he talked a little bit about mentality and the idea that when you're in the postseason and you're a goaltender you know that if you play well you're going to keep playing and there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure that comes with knowing that so when you go in with a plan you know that you could just kind of play your games and and do what you can while you're in there um have I done anything in the past few moments to sell you on the idea of a tandem in the postseason? Are you of the belief that there just has to be a hot hand? Well, I, I, I think it all depends on who your goaltenders are, who you're talking about in a tandem. I mean, how, how many teams have, have the ability uh, to switch off between goaltenders? I mean, that, very few. The last, the last team that I saw be able to do that was the Edmonton Oilers with Andy Mosley and Grant Fuhrer. And, you know, they did it successfully for, for, for a number of years. But those were two high-quality goaltenders. You know, you could look at the New York Islanders and, and make a case for Sorokin and Varlamov, right? But how many goaltenders in the league, how many teams in the league have that luxury? Like, you know, like, you know, Tampa Bay can't do that, you know? Yeah. You know, and, you know if, if you got a lower tier of goaltender. Like, you know, and, and, and maybe a little bit of inexperience in goaltending, you might be able to do that, and, and, and you might consider doing that. But for the most part, you know, uh, goaltenders, uh, you know, teams and their goaltending depth is pretty defined. There's one that's clearly better than the other. I think that the tandem, personally, works better. I, I think your ideal situation is in the regular season with a tandem much like the Boston Bruins did with Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. They, they really pushed that. Yeah. And they said, listen, you know what? We're trying to set up our number one, Tuka Rask, which was clear, to be yeah. our guy to carry the load in the playoffs. So I think managing it during the regular season is really important. Now, certainly there's going to be a, a mental uh, fatigue that, that, that occurs at different points in time uh, for a goaltender during the regular season, and the pressures of the playoffs come in. But you know, at the same time, you know, that's, that, that's part of, you, you know, identifying who your goaltender is and, and, and understanding that, in, in, I, I guess, in Kevin's ideal world and in anybody's ideal world, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, unfortunately, what, uh, what, what comes in, uh, what looks like really good in theory, a lot of times has no chance in practice. Craig, we're at that point, you know, with the playoffs right around the corner where we can do nothing but ask questions about who's going to be where, um, you know, in the Leafs playoff lineup. I'm curious where you're at right now. Is Michael Bunting on the first line game one of the playoffs? He better be. <laughs> like, that's the way I'd answer it. I mean, who'd like, who's better than Michael Bunting? I mean, he's got 20 goals. I mean, listen, we, I mean, we all saw what happened versus the New Jersey game, and we, we could talk about it, but I mean, he's a 20-goal scorer that adds a lot, and, and he can play 
with with Matthews and 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 really help him. And so so to me, it it, it like great if you're not going to have him on the first line, who, who are you going to have there? Yeah, I, I guess you could put John Tavares there. I guess you could put Ryan O'Reilly there. But those are square pegs and round holes. I want Michael Bunting on my first line, and I think he should be there. Yeah, definitely proved that uh, he got a little bit of a demotion, and he definitely proved he, he had what it takes in that game versus Jersey. Uh, marquee matchup tonight, Craig. Bruins, Oilers, it's the best team in the league versus the best player in the league. Uh, I believe the Bruins could actually clinch a playoff spot tonight if, if all the stars no line way. up. Yeah, I think that's a real thing that I saw this morning. The fastest team, potentially, to 50 wins in NHL history. It's still it freezing outside. Why are we talking about teams, like, clinching playoff spots? I know. It, it's the Bruins. Oh. Um, so, Craig, can you... already clinched the playoff spot because, you know, I know people look at the mathematics, but the mathematics are such that the teams that could catch them are going to lose points just by who they play against. So they've already clinched the playoff spot. Yeah, if you think about it that way. Can you just put in context for us just how impressive this Bruins season has been so far? Well, do we, here's what I'll say. It's been massively impressive. There's no question. And maybe because of the fact that we talk about, uh, you know, uh, what, where they were at at the beginning of the season, a lot of uncertainty, McAvoy, Marshawn not in the lineup. What, you know, new coach, you know, what's it going to look like? You know, Krejci's back, you know, a little bit older team. But, you know, they've been terrific right from day one. And, and, and certainly what they're doing in the league when you, when you think about, you know, the goals for, the goals against, the record, how far they distance themselves, it's pretty impressive. But, you, you know, it's real simple for the Boston Bruins now. Like, you, you know, anything short of the Stanley Cup's a failure. Just like the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they had 62 wins. They were lights out. They, they, got, they were dusted in four games in the first round. So, you know, the, the, the last team that I, that, that I see being in the same boat as the uh, Boston Bruins that won the Cup were the 0-2 Detroit Red Wings. So you don't see this very often from teams distancing themselves from the, from the pack like the Bruins have, but they're going to have to win the Stanley Cup uh, for, for this to be a successful year. Anything short of that, is a, it's a failed year. Yeah, but still the regular season is still impressive. It does feel that way now, and they're playing Connor McDavid tonight. Craig, we'll see him Saturday here in Toronto. Uh, they'll play the Leafs. You guys can listen to that game on TSN ten fifty. But talk to me a little bit about Connor McDavid and the season that he's had, and the way that goals are dropping just like crazy for him right now. Well, everything's dropping. Well, let me just put this in perspective. And you, you know, you, you you talk about the the Bruins season, and I can go back to 2019 to the last time we saw it. And you know, Connor McDavid doesn't have to win a Stanley Cup for this season to be a success for him. The last time, the last times that we saw a player with this much distance in the scoring race between him and the rest of the field was early 90s, late 80s, and it was Lemieux and it was Gretzky. We haven't seen that in 30 years. And that in and of itself tells you how special and how, uh, uh, you know, unique Connor McDavid's season is. I mean, I mean, I don't think there's any question he's going to score 60 goals. I mean, he, he's right on track for that, 60-plus, if, if he continues on doing what he's done, and there's no reason to doubt that he won't. Uh, 150 points, I, I, I think, is clearly... Uh, the expectation for forgettable what my expectation is of him. You know, I think that Connor knows that every night he goes out that he can produce points, not not a point, points. And 
when you when you consider that everybody on the on, on the in the league knows that they have to be aware of Connor McDavid on the ice, and he continues to produce at the rate that he produces at, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. And you know, you go back to the Penguins with Lemieux and Yager. I mean, Gretzky or, and Gretzky and, and Curry. I mean, we're we're back with uh, you know McDavid and, and Drysital in a similar sense, and that is rarefied air. And that's where Connor McDavid finds him. But you know, there, there's no question that when you consider Connor McDavid's brilliance and his excellence, I mean, it, 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 it is something that that is really really special. We're talking exciting players. Um, I know you had Mitch Marner um, in your 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 group of most exciting players. Uh, and a story that came out on TSN uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, so with that in mind, we're bringing it back to the Leafs because, you know, we're in the city we are. Yeah. Mitch Marner or William Nylander, who's been the Leafs MVP this season? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, and one that, like, I, I could make a case for either one of them. But, you, you know, Mitch does so much for this team on, on, in, in every area of the game with, with respect to penalty killing, Offensive play, you know, you know, moving around the lineup, you know, the consistency that he's that he that, that he exhibits on a game in game out basis, and, and 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 so if you want to look at at impact, which also leads to value, I, I think that Mitch is is just a little bit ahead of William. Now, William offensively has had an unbelievable year, but this isn't a he had an unbelievable offensive year last season. And, you know, you look at, at, at where William finds himself. I mean, he, he's a difference maker. He's a player, too, like Mitch has, has, been, has been so consistent and so dangerous uh, throughout the course of the season. And, and, and certainly he looks like a player that, you know, has really found a, a level of play that, that, that he expects to be at game in, game out. But just because of, uh, just because of Mitch's penalty killing and a little bit more of, uh, of some of his real, you, you, you know, in, like contributions defensively a little bit more, I, I, I would give the edge just slightly to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to Mitch. But William Nylander's right there. I mean, if you're talking about the Leafs' two most valuable players, 16 and 88 are right there. Yeah, it's definitely a worthy debate. Not one I can imagine most Leaf fans expected to be having at this point in the season. But hey, with the seasons they're having, got to be having it. Well, Craig, we'll, we'll chat tomorrow about uh, a little bit of QMJHL action. Appreciate the time as always. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Julia. Have a great day. You too. That's Craig, Craig Button, our TSN hockey analyst. Very chipper today he was.